0: something temporary you know what i mean papa sorry the cat welcome to checking out the competition the triumphant return of checking out the competition the first of the season and we are joined by friend of the pod john fisher of all about the jersey john how are you doing
1: i'm doing okay for the most part i just had a crown put in um well, rather the first appointment for a crown. For those of you who don't know, a crown is when you have to, uh, you drill down a tooth due to the decay, you cap it off. And it's usually a two-step process, Kelly, where um, mm-hmm. you go through the painful process. You have to take an impression, which I absolutely hate because I gag on it and did not make the dentist very happy because I gagged on it. And they're always telling you to breathe through your nose and keep your tongue here and keep your mouth open. And it's like too many instructions. And I bring this up. Kelly, because that's probably the best metaphorical analog I can come with, with being a Philadelphia Flyers fan going into the 2022-23 season, where a loud, angry man with a beard is going to be yelling lots of instructions, and the players are just going to go, I can't do this, and someone up high is going to say, yeah, we know, that's why we're going to get Connor Bedard, we hope.
0: Well, well done. I was wondering where you were going with the dental work story. I was thinking to myself, you know, I would have just said fine, but John... Decided to tell us everything, but you 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 got there at the end, and I respect that. It is it is going to be like a, a painful dental procedure, I think, for us for mm-hmm. much of this season. But enough about the stupid Flyers. Let's talk about the stupid Devils. Mm. So one thing, we were kind of chatting about this before we kicked off. Um, since it's the first game of the season... And some stuff has happened in the offseason. I want you to kind of go through maybe what you think are the most important additions and subtractions that have been made to the Devils lineup this summer.
1: Right. So starting with the players on the ice, the most important acquisition is Vitek Vanacek. Um, He is the guy on the Washington Capitals. He plays goaltender. As everybody in the world of hockey knows, the New Jersey Devils goaltending last season was abysmal, terrible, horrible, and a whole bunch of other words I refuse to use because I'm not that type of person, Kelly. But you know what what they are. You're all thinking those words. They are are correct.
0: We we really enjoyed it because of the whole Mackenzie Blackwood, Carter Hart, who's better thing that went on there for a little while. And the one, the one single thing that we could be smug about last season was that Carter Hart turned out to be better than Mackenzie Blackwood. So we won one single battle last season. Yes.
1: Yes. And you can give an assist to Lindy Ruff for playing him with a heel injury. And then when it was announced in January last year, Oh, he's not a hundred percent. Oh, well then why did you keep playing him? My man, Mm. but I'll get to Lindy Ruff in a moment. First and foremost, getting a new goaltender, Vitek Vanacek, uh, statistically very solid in five-on-five, less so because Washington couldn't kill a penalty last season. Washington, for some inexplicable reason, decided to jettison both goaltenders. Fine. I don't think that was really their problem last season, but I'm not a Caps fan. Not my problem. Not my circus. So getting a youngish goaltender in Vanacek is perhaps the most important acquisition because it addresses the biggest need of the team, which was goaltending, which is otherwise going to be buoyed by the aforementioned Blackwood, who is, knock on wood, actually healthy this time, and knock on wood, not going to be playing through a heel injury because a head coach is too stubborn to do so otherwise. So that's the most important acquisition in the offseason. I will say some solid acquisitions, another solid one would be the acquisition of John Marino. Last season, the Devils had this young defenseman named Ty Smith, who basically downgraded uh, in his second season of an NHL hockey, despite the fact that he had the same coaching staff in his rookie. As a rookie, he looked to have promise. He looked to have a you know a good handle on the puck, not completely unlike a Shane Gosses beer, to use a Flyers reference that I'm sure you're familiar with.
0: We do. We get that reference.
1: Good. However, last season, Smith played incredibly tentatively. He, uh, it was almost as if he kept second-guessing every decision he wanted to make. And as you know, this is a sport where a second makes a huge difference. And when you're in a position like defense, not acting or not making a good decision is almost as bad as making a bad one. So Ty Smith got ripped apart last season. The Devils decided we can't salvage him. Let's trade him for John Marino in Pittsburgh. And Marino statistically and reputationally has been a very solid defensive defenseman. And uh, he basically solidifies the right side of the defense up to a point where it's probably likely the Devils are going to trade Damon Severson, who's coming out of contract after this season. So at the very least, a good chunk of the top four has been solidified in Jonas Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton, and now John Marino.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So those would be the biggest acquisitions, in my opinion, in terms of on the ice. Okay. Off the ice, uh, the Devils decided to let go of Elaine Nazardine and wish him well in his future endeavors, which are now in Dallas, as, as I understand it, and fired Mark Recchi unceremoniously because Recchi ran the power play and the power play was absolutely abysmal.
0: We love to see Mark Recchi getting fired from a job around here.
1: Yes. <laughs> Anyways, so... The Devils have brought in Andrew Burnett as an associate coach, which is uh, a term that should not be completely ignored because, as everybody knows, uh, due to Joel Quenville turning out to be a terrible uh, human being behind the scenes for reasons I'm not going to go into, but everybody knows, uh, he was effectively fired and blackballed from the NHL last season. Andrew Burnett took over and bossed the Florida Panthers to their best record in franchise history by 19 points bossed them to their first playoff series win since 1996 when they made that uh, um, completely unexpected run to the Stanley Cup final. But ownership felt he got owned by John Cooper, so they fired him. So the devil said, fine, we'll make you an associate coach as Lindy Ruff is in the final season of his contract. So all signs are pointing to Ruff either being fired during this season when the team inevitably, you know, stumbles in November and risks losing another season to the ether or Ruff makes it through the season, decides to take a different position or retire or something, and Burnett will take over. So that's basically that addition. And replacing Nazardine is Ryan McNeil, formerly of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who statistically has put together some very good defenses across two different head coaches and under a lot of pressure from their management to succeed. So on paper, good acquisitions for the bench in addition to bringing up uh, Fan favorite Sergey Breeland from Utica as an assistant to be the eye in the sky for the Devils coaching staff. Um, Those additions should hopefully make the Devils much better on the power play, which was absolutely a weakness last season. It should help the defense and not constantly overload, overload, overload to put this in a tactical perspective. It's like watching a football team blitz all the time and wondering, huh, how come we're getting our blitzes beaten? Because you do it all the damn time, Nazardine rough Um, so so far that's proving to be the case in preseason for the defense power play still needs work
0: but Mm -hmm. hopefully
1: it makes for a better New Jersey Devils team
0: so as you mentioned last year the Devils were not very good Um, at least their record was not very good and the vibe that I'm getting from you and correct me if I'm wrong is that you don't really expect that the Devils will be, I guess, dramatically better this season?
1: Well, here's the thing, Kelly. And I was talking to somebody else about this, too, because they they asked me the same question. You know, they picked up on the same vibe as the kids are saying these days. Yes. You could have, we could have talked about all these different issues with the Devils as a team, like what was good, what was bad, what was really bad. We could have said all of the same things last season. And you just changed some of the names, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of you know, Vitek Vanacek, it was Jonathan Bernier. If it wasn't for, you know, you know, John, it wasn't John Marino coming on the fence. It was the devil signing Dougie Hamilton. And, um, and you can also throw in the acquisition, the late season acquisition of Jonas Siegenthaler. Um, you know, there weren't any coaching changes, but there was at least hope that, okay, with a full 82 game season where you're allowed to practice, you're allowed to, you know, have some time to think instead of that 56 game sprint that we had in the shortened 2021 season, you know, maybe the coaching staff would, provide better gains and it turned out the devils had a worse points percentage in the 82 mm-hmm. game season than they did in 40 in the 56 game season so that's kind of why i'm i'm kind of pessimistic here kelly it's why i'm a lot more cynical because we could have had this conversation last season mm-hmm. and even though on paper you know pure logic pure numbers you know the devil should take a step forward but why couldn't that step forward have been, been taken last season? It really should have I, I, been last season that we could be talking about a 20-point improvement. And yeah, you missed the playoffs, but at least you're among the Islanders and the Blue Jackets and not hanging with the Flyers down at the bottom of the Metropolitan.
0: Well, it's it seems like some of the the notable nerds in the hockey sphere are picking the Devils to be quite a lot better than last season. I mean, my my thought is that, like, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, Um, we've been making jokes about the Devils winning the offseason for like three seasons now. Like, ha, 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 looks like you won the offseason, and then they stink, and it's hilarious. But, you know, one has to think that if you win the offseason enough times, eventually you're going to have yourself a nice little hockey team. And it seems like – I think it was uh, Dom – Loose chicken, whose name I can't say, so I call Reficient. him dumb, Loose Loose Chicken. Um, I think he had the Devils uh, based purely on vibes as like third Fives. in the Metro. Second. Um, I second. Saw the same picture. Okay, but. okay, yeah. So I mean, there are some people out there that believe that this team is going to take a pretty pretty hearty jump forward.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, I've done the math last season or during last season, I should say, thanks to Eric Tolsky, formerly of Broad Street Hockey, who did the whole, um, uh, you know, 6.6 as difference in six in goal differential gets you at least a win. Mm -hmm. I actually proved that's actually still true, by the way, that that's like a correlation of like point nine, by the way, it's really he's an extremely smart man. (laughs) He is. And he he almost got he almost got that GM job in Chicago. Maybe a GM job will open up. I don't know, in New Jersey sometime in the near future.
0: No, 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 no,
1: no. Anyhow, no. no. But the point is, is that
0: Eric Tolsky will save the Flyers. There's no future outside of that. It's Mm. the only way forward.
1: Nope. Anyway, um, more important. Getting back to the point here, league average goaltending alone should get the Devils another 16 to 20 points in the standings, which is a dramatic improvement. It still is not enough to make the playoffs because that's how deep the hole has been for the New Jersey Devils. And plus the Eastern
0: Conference is annoying, annoyingly good right now.
1: Exactly, the Devils are unfortunately, you know, as much as some some of the people who matter on my site have pointed out. Oh, you know, if only Pittsburgh would finally get old and start losing. If only Washington gets old and starts losing. Um, you know, if only our hated rivals in Manhattan, you know, you know, get exposed because Shostakin can't be super amazing every night. Well, the harsh reality is that you're also having to contend with Ottawa being a whole lot better. You're going to have to contend with Detroit, who actually was very good in the first half of mm-hmm. last season and just kind of ran out of gas. You're going to have to contend with Buffalo not being a total doormat, which you know history has shown that don't you know they've been a doormat for the last decade, but they're yeah. less of a doormat than they have been theoretically. Uh, theoretically. So the the point here is that, from my standpoint, is that I need to I need the Devils to show that they can hang and be better than those teams before I could start saying, yeah, they could get a hundred points in the season. Yeah. They could take a playoff spot. Yeah. They can be a competitive hockey team past the trade deadline. After the last two seasons of, as you said, they won the off season supposedly and their season was effectively done by Christmas. Like, you know, the, if, if you're winning the off season and you're still stu- sucking, it means you didn't really solve your problems. And I'll be real with you, Kelly. Um, if those problems don't get solved, Ruff isn't going to be finishing his third season on his contract with the Devils. And I wouldn't be super shocked if Tom Fitzgerald um you know doesn't have his job at the end of this third season. He might still keep it, depending on how much the ownership likes him. But um, you know, at some point you got to get the results. You can't just be winning elite prospects, prospect lists. You can't be getting good vibes from Tom Lucian and getting props from um, you know, the twins of evolving hockey and, you know, getting Andy and Rono, those two guys from the Czech, from the Czech Republic, you know, saying, Oh, our models are showing a good hockey team here. Great. I want to believe it too, but there's gotta be wins. There's gotta be results at this point. The models have to bear out fruit or otherwise, you know, people are going to start losing jobs.
0: Never discount vibes though, John, they're very important.
1: Hmm. I'm nearly 40. I can discount lots (laughs) of things.
0: (laughs) So just kind of like on an existential level. So here Hmm. in Philadelphia, there's like a – I mean, at least for me, I might be an outlier, but for me, there's a lot of like internal conflict about how the Flyers doing well this season is, is probably bad because Ooh. the wellest that they can do is like bubble playoff team, and that gets us nowhere. But it's very hard for me to hope that they lose. Uh, for yeah. you – would it be, for you, worth it for the Devils to have one more subpar season if it meant that the folks that you think need to be fired get fired?
1: No, because as much as I'm not a fan of Lindy Ruff and I'm you know increasingly less of a fan of Tom Fitzgerald, their getting fired means the Devils have failed another season and just to put this in a bit of perspective here the devils have made the playoffs just once now for the last 10 seasons assuming this season is is no playoffs again to put this in a better perspective i'm nearly 40 years old when i grew up you know it was playoffs were guaranteed cups were the were the goal you know it was let's go on a playoff run when's the playoff run going to happen season is almost, you know, it's going to be great, but who cares, right? Well, now that I can say I've been in the desert of bad hockey seasons for a better part of a decade, you know, I have a better appreciation of those younger, you know, those earlier days. Um, And to that end, you eventually have to start getting results because the whole point of doing all this stuff, all the analytics work, all the scouting, all the drafting, all the player development in the minor leagues and elsewhere, all the coaching that you bring in, whatever, whatever approach you want to put into place here, It's all going to lead to results. Ultimately, this is a results-oriented business. And again, I'd rather see Ruff and Fitzgerald succeed and making this team better, and I'd rather be writing the post that says, I was wrong. These guys put together a competitive hockey team. They finally nailed it this time because of this, this, and this reason. I was wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. Because that's exactly what I wrote in 2018 when the Devils did make their one playoff appearance within the last decade, because I was feeling similar things about John Hines Mm -hmm. and I was starting to get, I was, I was more favorable of Ray Shero because the team really did start from ground zero in terms of uh, building an organization at that time. But nevertheless, um, you know, the last, you know, since that one playoff appearance, the Devils you know they took 44% of the points in 2018 19. They took 49% of the points in 2020 when that season ended early. In the 20 56 game short season, they took 40% of the points. And last season, they took 38.4% of the points. Like this team hasn't been even close to 500, never mind NHL 500. Right. So I need to see some damn results, you know. I mean, and, and more importantly, if you look at the 2023 draft class you know, the way that people are talking this up, like this is going to be a seriously good draft class such that if you are ending up at the bottom end of the lottery or you're ending up barely making the playoffs, you're still getting a really good prospect. Like if you end up with Will Smith from the United States national team developmental program, you're, you should be very happy because he's a very good prospect. If you end up with an Otto Stenberg or a Matt Wood or an Ethan Gautier or, you know, one of the many WHLers that are going to be, you know, pucking out real hard this season, you know, like you're going to be a very happy person. Like it's not, this draft class is not Connor Bedard, Adam Pantilly, and Matt bay Like there are some seriously good players similar to that 2019 draft class where, you know, you can find a great player at 12th overall if it turns out to be that. So I'm of the opinion that the Devils, even if they end up, you know, as I said, if they're at least competitive and fail out kind of like the Islanders and the Columbus Blue Jackets last season, that would be a big step forward after the last two seasons. I just wished it was it was happening last season and not in this season coming up.
0: I choose to believe that you did not just make up all of the names of those prospects and that they are real people.
1: They are absolutely real people. There's okay. even a will vote on the United States the National Team Developmental Program. There are some great names up coming up in the 2023 draft class. I mean, there's a Hugo Hell. Oh. Um, Yep. There's a Maxim Sturback. There's a Tanner Mullendick. Uh, Mullendick. There's Hunter Brustes. Brustes Oh, this is, I'm botching this one here. Uh, Edward (laughs) Chalet, Dalibor Dvorsky. Like, these are some great names to just yell out. You know, these are fine names that you can use in your role-playing games and other video games where you have to come up with a a named character. You know, you can be Theo Lidstein, you know, who wants to be, you know, Kelly Hinkle when you could be. Nobody. Exactly. Not even right. me. not not <laughs> not even that when you could be Casper Haltunen. Fair enough. Or Daniel Butt. Oh be That's team. a good one. Yeah.
0: So did you get to see a fair amount of New Jersey Devil's preseason action?
1: Not year? in person. Um, mm-hmm. But I did see plenty of it um, both on the television and on the um, the devil streaming app. Um, and ESPN Ooh. plus for the final game where I got to mm-hmm. endure Jack Edwards and his, um, color commentator whose name escapes me at the moment but it is absolutely terrible. Um, Jack Edwards sounded like he, you know, took a, took some, uh, melatonin before the game. He actually commentated that game slowly.
0: If yeah, you can imagine that. Yeah. But anyway. Um, what stuck out for you? Like, what is something that you saw that kind of made you excited about the season?
1: Well, what made me excited is that the goaltending performances were very good. Blackwood looks to be fine. Like his, like it doesn't look like something was bothering him. He thankfully didn't get rushed by Chris Kreider or anybody else in Manhattan in their games. Uh, Vitek Vanecek looked fairly solid in his performances. Um, outside of the game against the Islanders, nobody really gave up anything really awful that made you go, oh, that's bad. But if it's just one game, that's just one game. You know, right. everybody everybody makes mistakes. You know, even Kale McCarr put a puck in his own net once upon a time. He's fine, you know. Um, in terms of the team as a whole, you know, the Devils did a lot of mixing and matching up until that final game against Boston last Saturday, mm-hmm. um, where that was closer to an NHL roster. Even then, they didn't have Nico Heischer. So, Um, good things. Um, Jack Hughes, the big deal, he's going to continue to be the big deal and he's going to terrorize a lot of defenses this season. Um, Andrzej Palat seems to be a nice fit along with him. I think he got overpaid, but that's what you do when you pay for unrestricted free agents, you tend to overpay. So there's that. Um, I think John Marino is going to be a very good addition to the defense along with Jonas Siegenthaler. And, um, I'm excited to say that, um, a number of players from Utica, the devil's farm team uh, appeared to have made this roster and are in a position Hmm. to potentially take on a larger role. Alexander Holtz was playing a lot with Jack Hughes and Andrew Palat. And, you know, he can shoot the puck real well. He can win pucks. He's actually a very good passer of the puck, by the way, he had an absolute dime against Boston where, you know, you know, Jack Edwards was giving out to Brandon Carlo for, you know, not covering up the tiny lane that, you know, Holtz picked apart. Um, Fabian Zetterlund, the swole Swede, plenty of, you know, there's more than a handful thirst trap like pictures, him running on the beach with his dog wearing nothing but, you know, mesh shorts. Clearly, he's abbed up, or at least he was in the past, Uh, can bench at least 230 kilos. Uh, But more seriously, he is a very energetic winger. He's pretty much closer to what you want in a fourth liner in today's day and age, where if you want the beefiness, well, he's got the beefiness, but he also knows how to play the hockey game of hockey fairly well he's not just out there just to bonk some heads and you know get people out of their seats from you know 40 years ago who says ah that's how you play the real hockey and it's like okay mr cherry we heard you but it's 2022 wow. shut up so uh, fans. well there's a there's quite a few of those on my site unfortunately uh in new jersey but nevertheless um and the third guy from uh utica is kevin ball who was the one of the major returns of the Taylor Hall trade from a couple of years ago. Uh big man, pretty much a defensive defenseman, but he was solid as a rock in preseason to the point where his I know you don't want to take too much account to 5 on 5 underlying numbers in preseason, but his were outstanding. Like we're talking like when he was on the ice the Devils gave up just like, you know, less than 30 shots per 60, which is like crazy good no matter what the level. Of uh, opposition is. Yeah. So he earned a, a roster spot and we'll see if he can stick to a roster spot in New Jersey. Um, but congratulations to those guys making the team. And it's a good sign to see players coming up from your minor league team to get a job and er- and hopefully keep a job because that it gives is. further incentive for the guys down there to go out there and keep working, keep grinding and keep you know, listening to the coaches and working on their game, just looked at the Tampa Bay lightning. Who've had something like 77 players come out of Syracuse one way or in another, you know, it, you know, developing that type of culture and uh, pipeline with your minor league organization can only be a plus. So we'll hopefully see if it is a plus at the NHL level for those former Comets.
0: So there's only so much game stuff. I can ask you given mm-hmm. that no games have been played. Um but one thing I think you might be able to answer is uh, which guy on the devils we Flyers fans should keep an eye on while he's out on the ice because he's probably gonna do some stuff.
1: Jack Hughes, the big deal. He oh, he is deal. storming, are we he ca- is are we moving. Calling that? He's what's calling that? him the big deal? Is that a thing? I've been calling them the big deal ever since he was drafted. Some right. people don't like that. I don't care. I'm sticking with it because he is a big deal. He's getting paid like a big deal. He plays like he's a big deal. He scores goals like he's a big deal and he makes plays like he's a big deal. Um, You know, he he really is a special player. And last season, I think a lot of people slept on because he did miss Quite a few games due to injuries. He got injured in the mm-hmm. second game of last season, which missed a lot of, you know, about a month or so of games. And then he got hurt again. And the Devils just said, we're going to shut him down rather than risk further injury in meaningless hockey games, of which is part of the problem with the New Jersey Devils as a whole, is that they're playing meaningless games in February. But, you know, that neither here nor there. But he put up something he put up points at a rate similar to Taylor Hall in his heart trophy season which should tell you exactly like this dude is a monster when it comes to creating things on offense. And if there's one dangerous player, uh, any team should keep their eye on it's number 86.
0: All right. Good to know. And as always the final thing, Mm -hmm. final score prediction. What do you got?
1: Well, let, let me set the stage here because ESPN thankfully includes me on their uh, press release list, so um, I'm happily I'm happy to say that Leia Hextall is not calling this game. She is doing the other ESPN Plus. Oh, they kept game. her. Um, oh. Of course they kept her. Why wouldn't she's they keep not, her? How, she's not good. I know she's not good, but how dare you criticize Leia Hextall, somebody who clearly mm-hmm. earned her position in life?
0: Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and is also but very, I, very good at her job. Anyway.
1: Yeah, sure. Anyway, but John Bucciagros and Ray Ferraro are going to be on the call for this one with Emily Kaplan serving as the sideline reporter. And Ooh. I believe by the end of this game, Mr. Bucciagros will go, hey, chicken parm, did you ex- ever expect the Devils to win this game four to one? And Ray, Ray Ferraro will probably say something like, well, you know, John, uh, I think, I, I think yeah, because this Flyers team uh, has a lot of learning to do, a lot of, you know, things that they got to get right. And this Devils team, mm-hmm. uh, they're looking to make a statement and they made a st- Good statement tonight. I think that's how this prediction is going to go. Maybe not in those exact words, but I'm predicting a 4-1 decisive win for the New Jersey Devils.
0: A 4-1. Just a smacking down on home ice for the Flyers to open the season. I am quite boldly, I think, going to say that the Flyers, and maybe this will be the only game this season that this happens. The Flyers (laughs) are going to come out and they are going to just play a whole ass game of hockey and they're going to look like an NHL team and they're going to execute line changes and they're going to they're going to they're going to make passes happen they're going to clear the zone like they're going to do all kinds of things john i think it's going to happen i'm going to say that the flyers are going to win this game okay 2 to 1 okay and lull all of us who are on the edge of insanity into a false sense of perhaps this team might be better than it was last year. but I'm th- I'm really thinking that they're gonna they're gonna have a little uh, firecracker up their butts with Tortorella and the home crowd and the expectations and everyone hates them and it's they're right. gonna they're gonna wanna do something. So yeah, I'm gonna I, say two one.
1: okay. Well, I disagree on the potential result. I think your logic does have some value. As you said, you know, Tortorella is going to motivate this team and we'll have the home crowd. It's the first game of the season. And given that everyone and their mother is projecting the Flyers to be terrible, mm-hmm. you have to get your wins, I guess, where you can. And I'm looking briefly at the October schedule for the Flyers. It's bad. Uh, yeah, they, they host Vancouver, who, by the way, congratulations to Patrick Alvin for nailing the salary cap, exactly zero space for their non-playoff team. Uh, that's some good GM in up there in Vancouver. Uh, then what's this a, r- a road trip to Florida and then Nashville. You, you come back after from Nashville to host San Jose. Then you get to host Florida and Carolina. Yeah. It's uh, a
0: rough, it's a rough start.
1: Yeah. But um, not that I want good things to happen to the Philadelphia Flyers, but I will say that, you know, criticize him as much as you like Tortorella, you know, is the type of person that you need if you want to get an organization kind of back on track. Yeah. Just look to what he did in Columbus where, yeah, Columbus is still figuring things out, but under Tortorella, that team was legitimately competitive and a total pain to play against. So it may, I'm just hoping it doesn't happen on night one, maybe on night two. Do it to Vancouver. Beat them to <laughs> one. Play a, play a whole game of hockey where fundamentals are on display and make you go, yeah. The Devils meet a team from Canada, they're gonna they're gonna you know be livid about this for the next three weeks because that's how they handle things up in Vancouver. It's uh, true, you know maybe maybe there'll be an uprising, maybe a city block will have some uh, strife because of the loss because uh, that's what they do up there. But uh, more seriously, I'm hoping that happens on Game Two and on Game One, the Devils just take care of business.
0: All right, John, tell the people where they can find you on the internet.
1: Well, currently, uh, all about the Jersey is still active, so you—that's where you can see my writings and other people's writings supporting the New Jersey Devils. Uh, on Twitter, I mostly do personal stuff at J.K. Fisher, which is again personal. So you know, Kavi emptor if you choose to visit that one. And the more serious Devil stuff will be at All About the Jersey, which is AATJ. Well, I'm sorry, AAT Jersey Blog. Both are on Twitter. I do not use Facebook. I don't use Instagram. I sure as hell don't have a TikTok. And I don't know any of these other types of social media platforms that you crazy kids have these days. God so bless. I basically just use Twitter and I have my the blog. only one that matters. In some ways, yes.
0: John, thank you very much, as always, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Folks, thank you for tuning back in to these little pregame podcasts that we do. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Hopefully, the Flyers do, in fact, give us a show in this home opener. And uh, if nothing else, I hope everyone has a good time out there. John, enjoy the game.
1: Thank you. I'll talk to you in December.
0: Go Flyers.
1: Go Devils.